comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. There's nothing wrong with your television set. Do not attempt to adjust your picture. We are controlling the transmission. What's that, boy? We're in control? Hey, look! I can see my voice! <laughs> this is my voice on TV! Dad, you're ruining the mood! Sorry. For the next half hour, we will control what you see and hear. You are about to experience the terror and foul horror of The Simpsons Halloween Special. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Out Now is a film podcast as Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also bring in discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films similar to the main film of the week, games, and other fun stuff. This is episode 72, and we have a, well, we got a series of films this week. We're going to talk about the Spanish horror series, The Wreck Films, that's bracket, R-E-C bracket, as in record, and uh, I think Abe and I are going to talk a little bit about VHS as well. So a lot of a lot of found footage things going on this week on, on Out Now, I guess. Joining us to discuss the rec films, uh, we have writer and editor for WhySoBlue.com, also a writer for Project Blue and DVD Talk, my favorite zombie outbreak survivor slash wedding photographer, Gerard Arime. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Are you saying that he's a tune? <laughs> I've only been to one wedding, so that whole my favorite part, that assumes that I'm consistent with that. There you go. Well... But, well, you've done both, though. You survived a zombie outbreak and have took taking photographs and wings, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honored. So, so in terms of that double play, I mean, you've beaten the others that qualify in that category as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's get to some announcements before we get into underway. Uh, we got, let's see, we got an email, and we like, we like answering emails, so I'm going to read this one. Uh, this one's from Dion Thompson. Um, this... Well, first off, it refers to his prize because he's a contest winner. But uh, I received my awesome prize, and I've taped it over my picture of the Declaration of Independence. That was one hell of a letter. I guess he's referencing the fact that anyone that's won a prize on this show should know that – or knows, but anyone that hasn't. I tend to write little letters that go with the prizes just to you know, further award you with my terrible handwriting. <laughs> um, but yeah, here we go. Here, here's the bulk of his question. Uh, I have a question. What is your favorite venue for watching a movie, and is it dependent on the type of movie? I'm talking about IMAX, regular theater, D-Box, drive-in, home in your jammies. We have a drive-in in Greenwood, South Carolina, that normally shows new releases, films to, films back-to-back, and two per screen. That's normally my favorite next to being at home. They broadcast over FM. My wife's car has a great sound system. At home, though, the 7.2 is hard to beat. Cool. So that's that's a good question. What is your favorite venue for watching movies? Uh, Abe, what's your favorite venue? It really depends on the film, too. Um, like what you had mentioned in the email, Dion, because I think some films, yeah, I would love to go see them in IMAX, just like The Dark Knight Rises or The Dark Knight, and even maybe some other films that are strictly made for IMAX. Uh, aside from that, I actually do like drive-ins, too, but I think that's mostly just for a nostalgic factor, 
and also when they're playing movies from your from your time in the 50s yeah exactly in in pleasantville um but uh in terms of uh the drive-in it's mostly just for the or films that are maybe out of theaters already and kind of moving toward that dollar theater stage or pre-netflix stage because again i do i do like to see things in uh, good quality and also good sound sound is probably the most important I agree with that. I've never been to a drive-thru. I've always wanted to go to a drive-thru. I've never gone to a drive or drive-in. Drive-in. Yeah. Never, I've, you know, I've never had fast food. I, I've always wanted to go into a drive-in. I've never been able to do that. But that said, I'm a theater guy. I, I like going to the theater. I, I like seeing movies on big screens and big screens as possible. So that's, that's kind of where I stand. If I see it at home, that's fine too. But I, I, I like going to the big screen. I don't, I don't mind the crowds or what have you. Uh, Gerard, where's your favorite uh, movie venue? Probably the, the chain of arc like theaters there you in go. LA. Oh. That usually you know takes care of my uh you know my regular needs and then if you know something shot in IMAX, you know like Dark Knight, uh then I'll go to the the Rave, which is over at the bridge on the west side of town. It's got a big IMAX there. It's got the legit IMAX screen and then you know bring it back to the dome at the Arc Light in Hollywood. And uh also got another Arc Light theater here in town, in my town. So it's usually always Arclight or the bridge, the rave. Cool. There you go. Uh, yeah, Ger- Gerard obviously lives up in the Los Angeles area for anyone that's not familiar with what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> so, but, uh, Free Ar- shameless plugs. There you go. Arclight, <laughs> sponsor our show. Okay. Send us stuff. City of Angels. City of Angels. Okay. Um, let's see, other uh, announcements. Uh, we had our summer box office gamble wrap-up episode. That came out recently, so if anyone wants to know who did how well in the uh, summer box office wager that Abe, myself, friends of the show, Adam Gentry, Mark Hoban, and, George, and Alan Aguilera did. You know, Feel free to check out that episode. It's a nice tight one, actually. It's like less than an hour, and we all go over our favorite hits and misses of the summer and what have you. So, yeah, it's a good one. Um, I mentioned this last week, 75th episode's coming up. Don't know what we're going to do for it yet, but we'll probably do something. Maybe a big contest. Who knows? All right. Yeah. And uh, let's see, iTunes reviews and ratings, always happy to get those, helps out the show, everybody wins in that situation, so thanks again if you put them in. All right, so let's get to, uh, let's get things underway, let's get to know everybody, uh, where each week we kind of ask each other a few questions to kind of set the tone for the podcast and better get to know everybody, and I'll start this one off this week. Uh, Gerard? Yes? What is your favorite Spanish horror film? Wow, well, um, probably what we're going to talk about later, uh, Wreck, the yep. first Wreck film. Okay, cool. Any others leap to mind? Just out of curiosity. Uh, Wreck 2, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well done, sir. <laughs> With a little hint of um, The Orphanage. Yeah. Um, Abe, have you seen The Orphanage? That. No, because uh, there was a part about the kids following her to her home that kind of threw me off, and I was like, I don't think I'm going to watch this movie ever. Okay, well, you know, go to your red box <laughs> or wherever and get The Orphanage, and then at 3 a.m. tonight, turn off the lights and watch it, you know. <laughs> Just like VHS. Just like VHS. Just like I suggested for that, too. Yeah, turn off the lights at 3 a.m. And, wa- and watch that movie. No, but The Orphanage is fantastic. And it works <laughs> not, only as a, not only as a horror film, but it works as like a, a solid drama. Like, it's just a really good movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll throw it right back at you then, Aaron. Uh, what is your favorite Spanish horror film? Um, I really like The Orphanage quite a bit, a lot, actually. That's like kind of my, the answer I thought of first when I thought of that question. Devil's Backbone actually comes to mind too. Is that kind of Spanish horror? I mean, it's Guillermo del Toro. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, good yeah, good. Then I, I like Devil Devil's Backbone a lot too. That's uh, Guillermo del Toro's um, basically the the sister film to Pan's Labyrinth, which emphasizes the horror a lot more. 
uh-huh. and Pan's Labyrinth. And so, yeah, I like those two films quite a bit. Those are really, really solid. Very cool. Okay, Abe. I'm ready. You're trapped in a building full of zombies. How are you handling that situation? You know, that's exactly what I was going to write for my second question, too. But I, but I, I was going to write something about you're trapped in a building that's sealed off. There's a zombie on the bottom floor in the penthouse. What is your strategy? I'm stalling, Abe. What's your tactic? <laughs> you don't <laughs> me. Just go into an apartment building and just live normally. And then if they came knocking at my door, that's when you handle your business. That's when you handle your business. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, I mean, what are they going to do? Just, like, lounge around in the hallways, right? They'll just be like a bunch of slackers. Okay. All right, Aaron. Yep. Creepier story. A bunch of guys who watch VHS tapes or the fact that people have VHS tapes? <laughs> um... Well, let's see. I guess creepier is the fact that like a bunch of guys are coming around to watch VHS tapes together. That's kind of weird, right? <laughs> Come on, guys. I got an, I got I got a new VHS. I got I got Sister Act two on VHS, guys. Let's watch it. Uh, Land Before Time number six. Uh, Gerard. Abe. In a zombie attack, what would be your weapon of choice? Uh, we'd start off uh, with a crowbar. Okay, I like that. I was gonna say like if you had a if you had gone with a, uh, a gun of some kind, you'd have to find bullets, too. Yeah, but you want a gun that makes noise. You'd want a gun for, like, travel, like, to have with you and, like, you know, no, you know, no other option. You'd have a gun, but you, know, you want to be you want to be quick. Something with some stopping power, too. I've read the I've read Max Brooks' Zombie Survival Guide, so I'm just <laughs> in touch on these things. <laughs> Bringing, like, the facts. <laughs> you know what? I met zombie. I met Max Brooks at, uh, at Comic-Con, actually. I forgot. I, I, forgot, I kept forgetting I mentioned that. He was at this cool panel, actually. It was him and, like, a bunch of other authors that wrote about, zo- like, wrote zombie books, but, like, in a specific way. Like, that kind of, like, how would they apply to real life? And they're on this panel where they just took a bunch of questions and how they would approach certain certain uh, situations. It was interesting. It was a good panel. Cool. All right. I think we, uh, we've played some Know Everybody here. Basically <laughs> <laughs> Know Everybody so, now. I think so. So now time to get to our newest podcast segment, Out Now Quickies TM. Out Now Quickies is where we talk about just really briefly, really quickly, some would say, just some of the most recent things that we've seen in wherever. Yeah. So, Abe, what, what do you got? Unfortunately, I saw your review for uh, Sleepwalk with me, and I wanted to see that too, but I couldn't catch it. So I'm going to pass this week. Okay, <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, I did see Sleepwalk with me. This is uh, the comedian Mike Birbiglia's uh, film that's based off his own experiences as a person who suffered from a bout of sleepwalking. And um, it also deals with like his relationship issues and him becoming a stand-up comic. And um, yeah, he tapped it, adapted it from like, his one-man show and turned it into a movie uh, produced by like the guys that do This American Life, which seems very fitting because it feels like a story that you hear on This American Life. And it's good. It's quite good. <laughs> movie I really enjoyed. So, uh, yeah, there, quick. Gerard, any, any quickies? No. Uh, what, was the last, what was the last movie you saw in theaters? It's been weeks. Uh, last movie I saw was Expendables 2. Ah, all right. Did you like so it? So I'm going back quite a ways now. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. Nothing more, nothing less. It, you know, a bunch of old dudes, you know, killing people, a lot of blood. <laughs> JCVD. Exactly. You know, being ironic. Yeah, <laughs> being ironic. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. You know. Are you holding so the 360 that? kicks, you know? 
Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was very, very, very cool. There's a scene in Expendables 2 where JCVD, like, he kills a <laughs> he kills a person, but he takes it by, like, he takes a knife, puts it through, like, someone puts the knife to a guy's chest. And so instead of just, like, pushing the knife in, he does a roundhouse kick to get the knife into his chest. It, it makes me wonder if he does that for, like, everything that requires like, just small activities. Like, oh, there's a door here roundhouse into the door. He's like, oh, okay, it's open now. Like, it just, like, it's like the most mundane things. He's roundhouse kicks. Very theatrical. Yeah. Very cool. Exactly. Where's my cereal bowl? Roundhouse kick. Oh, there's the cabinet. It's open. There's my bowl. <laughs> yes. Okay, let's get, to, let's get to movie trailer talks. Where each week we discuss some of the newest movie trailers and uh, what we thought of them. Uh, the first one we have, well, let's just, let's talk about the, the, the most recent one that your art's watched here. Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters. This is a film that stars Jeremy Renner and Gemma Arterton as Hansel and Gretel, and they are, in fact, witch hunters. Um, the movie has a kind of... It's, it's something like, you know, how Snow, how the latest Snow White took a sort of, like, dark, gritty approach. This is taking sort of a, a twist on the Hansel and Gretel story where they've, they've now become, like, bounty hunters in fantasy times. And... Um, with that said, Gerard, what did you, you think of the, the trailer for Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters? Uh, yeah, the first 30 seconds looked pretty cool, but uh, then it kind of fell apart. It just, it reminds me of Van Helsing. Mixed in with a touch of Brothers Grimm, but I like Brothers Grimm, so all the bad parts of Van Helsing, which go. is all of it, because Van Helsing was awful. <laughs> it, um, yeah. It, what, what do you think? It looks retarded. I'm going to say it. Uh, I'm not really that into it because there was the part where they'd start introducing these weapons of choice. And I was just thinking to myself, are they seriously doing this? And are they seriously having these lines? So, yeah, I'm not incredibly thrilled by it. It, it was cool because I was kind of hyped up when somebody mentioned it on a social network. When someone said the title, you were like, you're like, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, Hansel and Grinner Witch Hunters. This makes sense to me. The Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter was cool because... It was based off of a book, <laughs> but this one I was just like, oh god, this looks like a mess. <laughs> yeah, I this it doesn't surprise me that this movie comes out in January. I can say that. Like, I know it's been moved around a lot, and it's like, all right, I I would almost completely write it off, except that I know it's rated R, so that has me like somewhat intrigued. I'm like, well, how graphic are they going to go with the Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters movie? But uh. Oh, it is rated R. Okay. All right. So it's like that has me slightly intrigued of like how crappy it's going to be. Also, I do like me some Famke Johnson, and she's like the evil witch in this movie. So I'm like, well, that's that that makes me curious as well. Yeah, I forgot to say, I'm like, hey, she's back. I haven't seen her like in a couple of years. Since since X-Men 3, the best one. That, you know, oh, a few almost. years then. Yeah, she has been taken, so, you know. Oh, yeah, she, she was a taken, right? Yeah. For two seconds. Two seconds as the bitch wife, so. Yes, I hope she's back in Taken Two. As oh yeah, she is. I remember she's in the trailer yeah. <laughs> as the bitch wife again. Taken, yeah. But uh, yeah, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. <laughs> yeah. It well, yeah, they. It look it, it doesn't look silly fun in the way that Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter did. That's, I that said, I was disappointed in Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. So I don't know. Maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised by Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, but I kind of doubt that. Regardless, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, a title I can't say enough apparently, comes out January 11th, 2013. So uh, we'll see. Maybe it'll be the surprise hit of January. In- oh, it is a January release. I, I thought it was. I thought you were saying that, oh, I wouldn't be surprised if it were a January 
release. No, no. It is a January it, release. It is a January release. Wow. Yep. Okay. So. Well, if it's anything like the gray that came out in January, then yeah, cool. But uh, yeah, wish in one hand and you know watch Hansel and Gretel the Witch Hunters in the other and see what happens first. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So with that out of the hold on. I mean, I've just I've just uh, now read something. Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters is produced by Will Farrell and Adam McKay. Did not know this. Really? <laughs> yes. Interesting. So Maybe it's, it's, a Gary, it's a Gary Sanchez production. So that makes me curious of how fun, how how big the humor aspect of this is. Uh, Given that Peter Stormare is also in this film, makes me think it's going to be hilarious. But we'll we'll see. <laughs> All right, so let's get that out of the way. Let's talk about the next film, The Bay, and this is the new a new film from Barry Levinson of all people, who's basically made a found footage version of a Contagion type film. <laughs> so it's kind of a. a a horrible outbreak disaster occurs and we're following, I'd imagine a lot of people around and the film looks exclusively shot in that kind of found footage format. So quite interesting, I guess, especially from someone like Barry Levinson, you know, rain man's Barry Levinson. <laughs> so <laughs> but that's it. Hey, what do you think of the trailer for the day? You know, I'm actually not that interested in it. Mostly just because it's a, it's a found footage take, but with a big name director. So I don't know if that's going to go over well. Um, and also I'm kind of found footage doubt because I ran or I marathoned the rec series and then I, <laughs> I watched VHS. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> uh, my head is so like out of control because it feels like everything is shaky cam right now. So, but yeah, I'm, I don't think that I'm a, too interested in the film, but the concept is actually pretty cool of like, you know, something that's eating you on the inside out and this whole entire town <laughs> it's in the water apparently. So don't drink the water. Gerard? Uh, I thought it looked pretty cool, actually. And yeah, I was surprised. I'm like, oh, Barry Levinson. Yeah, like you said, Rayman's Barry Levinson. But then on the opposite end of that is he's fooled me before with his little dabbles in sci-fi horror with Sphere, Sphere. like yeah. years ago. Yeah. I saw in theaters. It was just god-awful. It was atrocious. So, uh, you know, but then Wag the Dog came out, and that was awesome. Yeah, so. Wag the Dog's a great movie. Yeah. But then he's going back to, you know, it could go either way, but yeah. I think the trailer looks really, really cool. It's almost found footage uh, meets uh, 28 Days Later because uh, yeah. th they don't necessarily kill the people in this. They're, they're just contaminated, and then they're raging zombies or raging you know, infected people. Right. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat with you, Gerard. Like I, I'm not quite sure what to expect necessarily, but I am intrigued enough where I'm like, yeah, this looks kind of, kind of fun in a way. <laughs> it's kind of freaky. I mean, you got... Just like some of the images they're showing you of like weird parasites inside of people, it's like oh this this could be intense, and uh, the idea the idea of like basically like watching Contagion last year, now I'm watching like the found footage version of it, and in a much more graphic sense, like that's interesting to me, I guess. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, it's a hard R, and it certainly looks like it was gonna be just based on like just seeing the inside of of things. Like don't they, they and does like a camera go down like a throat of something at some point or something like that like, like a fish is like, throat. Yeah, yeah the fish. fish yeah the fish is throat it's like god this is not well the, the whole entire like fishing boat expedition thing was was the part that kind of spooked me the most that was cool that stuff then like I don't know yeah. things like phantoms came up in my mind I'm like oh this you know make sure you ch always check the back seat of your car Ex yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so especially before you strap your baby in <laughs> that's all I'll say yeah. The Bay comes out November 2nd, 2012, so we'll yeah, see. Oh, and it's from the producers of Paranormal Activity and Insidious. That's just a nice little thing to throw in there, because why not? 
All right, that's uh, that was the trailer. So I guess that leads us into our first movie we're going to talk about. Yeah, VHS. Okay, here's the deal. We gotta break into this house, and all we have to do is steal this one VHS tape. Which one is it? I don't know, man. Let's just look at these tapes. What's so special about this tape, anyway? Up here. My apartment's haunted. It's not haunted. I'm sure there's a reasonable explanation. Okay, so that should have been some of the trailer for VHS, and this is the a found footage film that features. It's kind of an, a horror anthology film that is that has multiple shorts directed by various independent and horror directors with kind of a connecting through line that connects all these films. So basically there's a group of kind of criminal guys who have been tasked with finding a very specific VHS tape. And so they go to a house to do this. And in this house, they find a collection of tapes and each one of them kind of puts one on tape in the VCR and views it. And you see a short, you see one of the short films. So this kind of rinse repeat. You do this like four or five or six, five times, like five times. And um, yeah, the various shorts, kind of range i'm not going to kind of give away all of them but one advise one involves kind of a dude's night out where they pick up some girls and bad things happen most of them involve bad things happening yeah. <laughs> another involves kind of a couple on a honeymoon with bad things happening another involves a trip to the woods with bad things happening another involves skyping with bad things happening Doo -doo -doo. And, uh -huh. and another involves a halloween party gone horribly wrong so with that said abe what did you think of vhs you know, I thought that the concepts were really cool. But first of all, I do want to say, um, in Aaron's description, we have to we have to clarify that these are like a group of five twenty something asshole friends that go around doing terrible things to people. Like they they uh, they sell videos to porn websites, so they they're doing really immature things to women. So they're kind of jerks that uh, have to go on this fact finding mission of of, of a, finding a tape. But anyway, I thought that the concept was actually really cool. Um, and I was actually really tense throughout because, again, you don't know what's really going to happen. But on second viewing, I was like, wow, this is... Well, you watched it twice. I watched it twice. I was like, this is actually a lot of... Uh, Good enough. <laughs> no, it, it's just a lot of, uh, I don't know, I guess normal stuff, and then the gruesome uh, stuff happens, and the gruesome stuff is just, like, really over the top. Um, so it's actually not normal in terms of, oh, yeah, we're Skyping, and then there's, like, a child running through in the background. But it's just normal in terms of like, oh, this, they're setting up a lot of the story, and then the payoff just is like really extreme, and that's kind of uh, the way that I took it. Because if you watch it the second time, the stories are just like really short, which is cool, but um, it's just you know, there's all the shaky cam really bothers you a lot, I think, on the second time. And also, everybody here is white, and I was gonna ask if Gerard had seen the film, I was gonna ask him, Gerard, if any other minority was in this. <laughs> what do you think would happen and uh <laughs> yeah exactly you know you can't answer it but once you once you do see the film let me know <laughs> <laughs> i can take a wild guess but you know <laughs> but overall you know i thought the concept was really cool i thought some of the 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 scary stories within the the anthology was really interesting like um 
the Skype one kind of really threw me off. I was I was kind of disturbed by that one a lot. Um, Aaron, I uh, I liked it overall just because I like the I like horror anthology movies like this like Creep Show, Trick or Treat, for example, are like one movies I really like, and I like the idea of you know anthology movies that involve horrors because you get to cram so many ideas into like one film and not you know betray that because you're telling you're literally telling different stories so it's not like overpowering the film um the film has a lot of creative ideas in it that i really enjoyed the um there's some shorts that are certainly better than others and um in particular i really like ty west short which is the second one i like i like ty west style in general because he has a kind of a slow burn thing he did that in the uh, the house of the devil and uh, the innkeepers and he has a short in here which is the uh, the honeymoon short yeah. and um I really, I really dug that one, but uh, there's other ones I like too, and just I really admired some of the filmmaking involved because you're making, you know, a found footage movie, but it, it is, you know, it's essentially capturing like a series of hours or what have you for certain groups of people. So I like the way that kind of how you have to bring that all together. I mean, it's always, you know, interesting. I mean, regardless of how good found footage movies are, I like the creative aspect of it because you have to really think about how to make these films work. So I like that. That said, the um. I didn't realize it was almost two hours in length, and so I didn't even like check the runtime. I just started. I was just watching it, and so it felt kind of long. And because, and it it didn't help when like there are two short there are two shorts in the middle of it that I like wasn't really into that. But one short in particular I wasn't really into that much, and that kind of started dragging the movie down. Because like, all right, this is, this one kind of pales in comparison to like the first two, so it's kind of like uh, it's throwing me off balance here. Also, what what. Talking about the woods one. The woods one, gotta, yeah, I didn't really dig that one that much. Also, the the characters for the most part, especially the first like thirty minutes, like the first the setup and then like the first short, they're all assholes. Like yeah. you hate every one of these people. So you like I have nothing to latch onto in these shorts. It, it, that's it, a that's a good thing because their through line of the film was actually really good too. I I guess I don't know. I I like I prefer all the shorts over their story. I would say, but uh, yeah. but like I they they kept on going back to it, but there was something different each time. Yeah, I yeah, but yeah, I, I had a, I had an issue with you know starting the film off with just not liking anybody that I'm following, which includes like the first short, and so it took me like all the way to like the second short film, which is like you know like thirty minutes into it, where like finally someone I can like not hate that I have to follow for like the next ten minutes, so. It, that kind of threw me off as well. But that said, I did enjoy the movie quite a bit. And there are, like, some... Especially watching, like, In the Dark at Night. It's, like, there are some creepy moments in this movie. There's, like, some... There's some things that, like, legitimately, like, scared me. So, like, yeah, all right. It it did its job, effectively. And then it, I think it wraps up really well. I really like the last short in terms of just the way it kind of goes all out to an extent of how it's put together. Yeah, I think you and I might have to talk later about what the through line is because I was kind of confused. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, I think on first viewing, it was pretty good. On second viewing, you know where all the scares are, and it doesn't really hold up anymore. And so... That's, becomes... a, good, that's a good point, too, which is a re- which is something I have an issue with with all found footage movies. Like, I haven't, like, I've only watched, I've never watched, like, Paranormal Activity movies again. Like, because I don't feel like I'm going to, like, get the same kind of thing out of watching those movies another time, but... Yeah. It has, yeah, so... I, but then again, I've watched Cloverfield, like, a lot, because I really like that movie, so... Yeah, so... You know, that's just one of the things. How would you rank the videos? Like, vid- from most interesting to least interesting? Uh, ranking it. I mean, I, I really like the Honeymoon one. I like I liked the first one in terms of what it did, even though I'd hated the people involved in it. 
And I, I like the last one a lot, just in terms of kind of the visual, the visuals that you see in that one. Yeah. And then yeah, like the woods one, I like the least. What's the, and the, uh, the Skype one. Skype one. That was like, that was like fourth to me, I guess. <laughs> I thought the Skype one was like, well, in terms of my ranking, I would go, uh, yeah, the last one was just, well, the last one is almost classic, like, okay, white people, what are you guys doing? <laughs> Um, that's the, that's the first one too. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's, it's basically all of them actually. Yeah, but... it really is. White people, what are you doing? That's what the movie should yeah. have subtitled. <laughs> VHS, white people, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the last one, the visuals are really creative. Um, I just didn't really think the payoff was that great. Um, but yeah, the Skype one was cool just because uh, of what the the concept of people skyping. I guess and, I think my problem with the, the Skype one involves. And it kind of applies to some of the rest of the film too. It's just that everyone in it, they're clearly like non-experienced actors. Like they're yeah. I, I whether agree. whether or not they've been in like small roles in other parts, it seems like they're. It seems like very much like they're kind of amateur actors, which is fine because I mean it's a low-budget film, obviously, and it's you know it's not striving to be anything more. But it kind of seems noticeable that like these people don't act very often. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I will say that for the Skype one, it's kind of just. I think that the whole entire idea of like. The, what happens in it yeah i felt really bad for one of the characters in it and, okay um it's not to say that that takes away from the film but it's just more i wish that there was like some justice uh in that in that uh short um but followed by that one i would say like uh yeah the the honeymoon one was <laughs> that one was was really spooky and then it is it has like a it has one shot in particular where i'm like oh crap like <laughs> yeah, that uh and then you know, I think the rest of them were kind of mixed bag. But yeah, the the Predator one is last. Oh, like the, the woods one. Okay, yeah, the Predator one. <laughs> I see what you did there. Okay. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's just wrap that one up. The VHS, where, where would you put it on our scale? We have a scale and out now. Each week we try to rate movies based on when you should go and see them. VHS is kind of a special case because for now it's only available on, on uh, VOD, video on demand. Although it will be in theaters in early October. But anyway... Uh, our scale goes from IMAX to theater, dollar theater, Netflix, HBO, TV, or just kind of forget about it. I have a feeling IMAX would literally kill you if you tried to watch VHS that way. So <laughs> There was actually a really funny warning on the uh, Amazon um, VOD for this film, which is like people have passed out from some <laughs> gruesome images. And I was like, oh, wow, that's an interesting warning. It does get gruesome. I didn't emphasize that enough. It, it, it's, it's, it's very gory. I was, surpri- I was surprised to see that it's just R and not like unrated because it's pretty graphic. <laughs> yeah, but um, I think that for audiences when it comes out, people, yeah, I think you can go see it in the theater. But for me personally, I would just say just wait for Netflix or something like that where it's more readily available because it's, it's not really ultra like good. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would say theater, dollar theater right in there. I would. Yeah. I, I should. I also want to commend the um, the filmmakers for making the movie look as crappy as possible, given that we're supposed to be viewing these on VHS tapes. So good, good job, guys, because you made the, the movies, the film, made, the cinematography looks appropriately crappy as it's supposed to, because they're filming on, you know, they're they're filming on what what would be, I guess, either like video cassette camcorders or iPhones or you know through Skype video, and then. That's video supposed supposedly transferred onto VHS tapes, so it's like the movie looks that way. So there you go. All right, so that's VHS. Let's uh, let's now let's get to the bulk of the the rest of the reviews. We're going to talk about the Wreck series, and uh, yeah, first up we'll t- we'll talk about the the first Wreck first, obviously. So. Muy buenas noches. Les habla Angela Vidal. Hoy vamos a acompañar a una patrulla de bomberos en su recorrido nocturno por las calles de nuestra ciudad. 
Voy. Estamos eh, frente a la puerta de la casa en la cual parece ser que una vecina ha tenido algún problema. Okay, so that should have been some of the trailer for Wreck. And uh, this is um, the story of a, a television reporter and a cameraman who follow a team of emergency workers into like a dark apartment building. And they become locked inside because of some kind of outbreak. And what follows is kind of a journey into the darkness as a report as the reporter, the cameraman, and they're forced to team up with kind of the other residents of the apartment building as well as the emergency workers and see if they can defend themselves from whatever the hell seems to be going on inside this now quarantined building. Uh, Gerard, what do you, what do you think of Wreck? Wreck's amazing. Wreck, uh, one of the scariest films of all time, in my opinion. Like in terms of true scares, it's just insane. I love it. Cool. Abe? No, I, I thought that the concept was really cool as well. Um, I just wasn't super thrilled with how some of the characters, their, uh, I guess their motivations changed dramatically. Um, and also maybe some of their some of their uh, heightened hysteria changed dramatically. Because I was more annoyed with that, but I wasn't taken out of the story um, so much as uh, maybe some, some other films. For, for example, it's just a really cool story. It's a really cool setup and it's a really interesting like almost mystery thriller as well um and the graphics are actually kind of cool uh, overall again it's not that it alter takes away from it but just some of the characters kind of threw me off and so you know overall it's still a positive review i just didn't really like some of that aspect of it yeah i love wreck also i i'm a big fan of wreck i think it's very creative i uh, what i what i admire most what i like about a lot of a lot of movies that do this well is uh, you really get to know the building. You get you get to understand the geography of the building, which I really enjoy because it feels like I'm more into it when I know like where things are in relation to where these characters are. And so I, especially with the found footage kind of aspect of it, because you're following just a cameraman, so you you're kind of throughout all this craziness, you're kind of going up and down floors into different rooms, but you have a, the movie's done a good job of establishing what's where, and so. The idea of, you know, ominous threats lurking because something's different about a certain area that like has me like tensed up. And I think the movie does a good job of, you know, playing off that tense aspect. And, uh, you know, I find yeah, so I find the movie really inventive, quite scary at points. And uh, I don't know. I don't have an issue with the with the characters, really. I, I, I mean, people do crazy things when, <laughs> when a building gets quarantined due to zombie outbreaks. So, yeah, there's it, a doubt about that. But I mean, just. <laughs> I think one one example, and I think it's more prevalent in the second one, but one example in this one is just I was really annoyed when, uh, you know, right in the beginning, people were like, yeah, turn that camera off. And they're like, no, we have to document this because it's the people's right. And I was like, where did this come from, from this character? I was like, I didn't I didn't realize that you were such a, a beacon of justice here. 
And then later, there's also another part where if you're, if you're being locked into a building and you have a camcorder handy, I think you'd want to keep that thing going. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that that's not an improbable thing to do, but I'm just I, the way that it came off uh, because it comes in within like within the first 15 minutes of the film. I was like, wow, this is a change of pace for this character quite violently. Another example is just when there there's a, a CDC worker. I'm going to say CDC, but I'm pretty sure there's like a Spanish equivalent. And they have to inject some some folks who have been uh, injured. There's a person on a pedestal looking in, and the other person is asking them repeatedly, "What's going on? Tell me what's going on. Please tell me what's going on. Tell me." And it's like, dude, chill out. He'll tell you what's going on in like a second. But that was just annoying. And I know that's to provide some kind of tension for the plot, but I just found it annoying. Well, she was a reporter, not your typical, you know, gossip reporter. I mean, she was doing those special uh, variety shows on, you know, I guess that particular episode was going to focus on the, the emergency crew and what they do. Because the show was called, like, you know, While You Sleep. Right. So she was out and about, you know, while the world sleeps, this is what these people do. So I can see the whole, you know, the people have a right to know type of angle or where she was going with that because... You know, it's not like she's a, you know, entertainment reporter and all of a sudden she changes her, you know, she turns a 180 and it's like all about the people, you know, randomly. I kind of thought that kind of, it didn't bother me as much as you did. It didn't you, but I didn't, you know, see the problem with that. Yeah. But that's just me because I think the movie's perfect. <laughs> I think the movie's bloody awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, it doesn't distract from my overall rating of the film. It's just more of, I just was not super pleased with it. But in terms of the film itself, it's such a cool concept. And it's really disturbing because something's happened to some characters that you don't expect. And that was kind of sad. And I'm talking about, like, a family in this one. Mm. And, and I was just thinking to myself, that sucks. Because, you know, there's, like, the denial and then there's, you know, the violent action that happens. And that's when I was like, oh, that's unfortunate. But like, I, it definitely doesn't pull punches. You know, it takes no prisoners, literally, you know. That's exactly the, the right phrasing. It takes no prisoners, which is, I'm glad when, when movies do that, because then it, uh, then it becomes really unexpected of what you can come to expect. Um, and that just makes it for an overall better film. You know, I think the first rec, you know, with regard, well, in terms of the whole found footage thing, uh, it's one of the best of the found footage films, like, of all time. You know, I, it didn't start with Wreck, but I think Blair Witch was the first one. Uh, but, yeah, in terms of, like, really popular ones, yeah. And I don't think anything else came of that till like, Wreck hit the scene. Wreck, even though Cloverfield kind of, yeah. You know, and then, because um, I only found out about Wreck, like, the year after, like, when Quarantine came out. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even know that Quarantine was, like, the unofficial remake to Wreck, because there was that whole issue with the studio, well, you know, the filmmakers went along, did the quarantine. They didn't tell anyone that they were doing quarantine, uh, that it was based off of another film that had come out like a year before. And that kind of brought the new, you know, awareness to Rec. And Rec also holds a distinction of being my first ever uh, region-free uh, Blu-ray. I went region-free because of Rec. So yeah. it means a lot to me, more than the average casual viewer. Yeah. So. Would you guys think... What did you guys think of the zombies in the film? How do you mean? Well, I mean, we, uh, we've seen different types of zombies in different zombie films. This is, has the kind of more intense, like, I'm going to f*** you up, zombies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I, I think for me, it, I wasn't really sure if they were zombies, and I know that, yes. Okay, if, uh, well, they, okay. Infected if, humans. Dead, <laughs> yeah. But if something is, is dead and then it comes back and is revived, then yes, it's a zombie. So, yeah, but I think it's a little bit more infected humans, and uh, I thought that was pretty interesting, the way that they... Because they have already categorized this as, like, an aggressive disease. And so that was pretty interesting. And uh, I just was confused because it took a while for for some others to get it. And then it took not as long for some others to get it when exposed to it. Yeah, de- depending on the severity of the wound, you know, if you got your, like, neck ripped out, they were going to turn, like, right away. But mm-hmm. if you just got bit or, you know, something like that, scratched or whatever... Eh, it was gonna, you know, incubate a little bit before they turned. Mm-hmm. But I thought, you know, uh, they were scary. I mean, you know, they they were fast. They were they were ragers. You know, they came at you, and they couldn't be reasoned with. Mm-hmm. But it's not till later, you know, in the trilogy that you find out, you know, More about, origins yeah. and all that stuff. But as a standalone, uh, the infected, uh, I thought, were very effective. Eric? Oh, I like. I mean, I'm a zombie fan. I like. I like the um, knowing what I, especially knowing what I know about now about the nature, some somewhat about the nature of the uh, infected people here. I, I, I enjoyed this this take on it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't like because they're not a, they're not technically zombies necessarily, so it doesn't bother. So like the fact that they're you know running, that doesn't bother me. It, it works well for this film. Kind of the intensity that they have and. Especially, and just because, you know, you're in an apartment building, so I like the idea of people being trapped upstairs or downstairs, and there's, like, just crazy people trying to murder you, charging up or downstairs at you. It's like, that's scary inherently to me. Or, like, being on the other side of a door, and, like, they're pounding on Like, it's just that kind of stuff. It's like, that works. That's intense, and that's, that's awesome. All right, let's move on to the, uh, the next film in the series. Um, Rec, by the way, Wreck came out in 2007, so now we're going to move on to Wreck 2, which came out two years later, 2009. And, um... Yeah, let's do that. La zona ya está sellada. El protocolo es el de siempre. Inspección y reconocimiento. Muy bien, chicos, ya sabéis. Rápido y fácil. Sabe cómo funciona. Documentación exhaustiva, así que grábelo todo. Esto está demasiado tranquilo. So that should have been some of the Wreck 2 trailer. And um, yeah, this film basically, the action continues from where Wreck started. It's on the same it's on the same night, right? Is it? Yes. Yeah, it's so. on the same night. And um, this finds a medical officer and a, and a SWAT team outfitted with video cameras on all of them, all of their persons. And they're being sent to the same sealed off apartment building through contr- that's controlling the outbreak. And at the same time, there are some others on the scene as well with their own perspective on the situation occurring. Uh, more quarantine hijinks ensue. 
Um, uh-huh. <laughs> Abe, what what did you think of Rec Two? Uh, I, I thought Rec Two was um, there was a cool visual element that I uh, really loved a lot. Um, I think that the whole entire story was still the same. I'm glad that it it didn't like change from all right. Well, now it's like a year later, and now we're gonna go reinvestigate. It's actually the same night. It picks up exactly like uh, maybe just like a few hours later. But again, the thing with the the thing that annoyed me was just the uh, escalation of some of the characters' uh, hysteria and also the introduction of some other folks and their motivations. That really annoyed the shit out of me. Besides that, again, the film was actually pretty interesting, just the way that uh, it's played out and also what a cool visual camera effect um, later in the film, which was really freaky. I think I know what you're talking about, and I agree. <laughs> <laughs> if they did that more in some other horror films, I think that's like really awesome. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a it's a pretty solid follow up, no doubt. But I was just really annoyed to pieces with uh, a lot of these characters. Okay, I, I, I my only argument against that, I guess, because I don't mind these things, is just I feel like the movie that if you, if you don't have these things, then it just becomes it becomes a less interesting. It becomes boring to me. Like you're just following like. It, even though you have these crazy things happening, if you have characters just kind of re- reacting as a specific, less theatrically, I guess, for a horror movie, then it it just it doesn't it doesn't make you like really interested in the journey that they're taking. Yeah, I, I completely understand that aspect, but I mean, I can give some examples after uh, after Gerard. All right, finish. Okay, well, with that said, I, I really liked Rec too. I not only liked it, I, I liked it as much as Rec. And and if I depending on the day, I might like Rec Two a little bit more. I I found it really creative how they were able to continue the story, and like add a different aspect of it of having multiple cameras and incorporating more of a supernatural bent to it. I'll say and kind of expanding the world. Or kind of there's kind of some world building of the mythology of the series that I I really found to be intriguing and be like, wow, this is really they've really upped the ante in this in this one and made it work and not just kind of cashed in on having a, a new franchise come out like it, it actually works it made me excited to see a third one we'll get to how that turned out in a second but like i, I really enjoyed rec 2 quite a bit gerard yeah i i obviously liked it way more than uh than abe did uh i consider it like uh <laughs> funny I, I said that about rec you know one of the greatest horror films of all time in addition to rec 2 being in my opinion one of the greatest sequels of all time i'd say it's my aliens you know you have rec which is alien and Rag 2, which is Aliens, you know, maybe because they brought in the SWAT team with, like, guns. This time it's war. Exactly, you know, and the fact that it takes place, like, you know, two minutes after the events of the first one, you know, it's kind of like Halloween 1 and Halloween 2, uh, John Carpenter's. Just that same night, a couple minutes after the after the madness ensued, and it just keeps you on the edge. It just elevates, you know, escalates, elevates. It's just extremely hardcore. I mean, it's uber violent, and... uh and there's room for origins. There's room for, you know, what's really going on. They ex- expand on that, on the mythology, like you said, Aaron. Uh, and they kind of tell you a lot without actually telling you everything because it, ju- it just keeps you on the edge. And I was really, you know, thrilled with it. You know, I imported that one as well on Blu-ray. So I had it for quite some time. And, uh, yeah, I always go back to the first two films just Whenever I'm, you know, you want to see some real horror, you know, tell my friends that haven't because they've had some really like uh, crappy 
U.S. non-releases. I know they're start. I don't even think there's like a Blu-ray for the first one yet. It's like on DVD and Netflix or whatever. And uh, everyone's just been like, "Man, this is like some scary action." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like the first two, like back to back. It's like an excellent double header, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Like if I had if I had that option at the time, you're like, "Wow, this for this is a nice, <laughs> nice night." That said, I don't need to emphasize these are these are scary movies. Like I don't get scared often in movies, and like these worked effectively on me. Where I'm like, "Oh man, this." <laughs> There's like, especially like in Wreck, there's like one thing that always gets me, even though I always see it coming, which involves kind of someone going from top to bottom pretty quickly. And uh, it, it, it's, I, I just, re- I really enjoyed being like on the edge of my seat for these movies. Wreck 2, again, like, it, it gets to, basically, there's a floor, there's a certain room you don't want to go into in these rec movies, and it, the way it presents that room is really effective. Like, it does some crazy things in there where I'm like, oh man, this is, get out, go, get away from this. So, I, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Like, not only is it inventive and creative, but it's, like, also effectively, like, thrilling at times. Yeah. You know, I will say, unfortunately, that um, because of my annoyance with some of the characters, I was actually kind of not too scared uh, in Rec 2. I guess not too tense in Rec 2. And the annoyance with the characters comes uh, in two forms. The first form, or the first example is uh, a SWAT team goes in, and then they, they, uh, they're they all of a sudden confronted with, I guess, an, a being. And then one of the characters just snaps and loses all his cool. He's just like, he starts swearing at uh, a CDC worker, quote-unquote CDC worker, and it's just he's just going berserk on this dude. And it's like, why are we here? What is the reason? Tell me. No, dude, that was um, that was uh, that was Hudson. That was him going insane. Exactly. It's like Bill Paxton and aliens. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it happened so early. On. But the other thing is also the other example is um, uh, I don't know how to phrase this. There's another group in the building that we come to find later. Yeah. And, um, they're some of them are younger, and I was super annoyed with their motivations. Teenagers, I mean, man. Yeah, I'm glad that one of them got the the. Sh- out of him and i was like you deserve that because <laughs> the thing that annoyed me about him was like a, they go in to follow uh you know some other health workers into the building and then they're told to leave because there's an infection in the air and then the kid's motivation is no we're not leaving if there's an infection why aren't you wearing a mask we're going with you and i was like this is retarded and then later the guy just like slaps him really hard and i was like yeah you deserve that you idiot all right <laughs> okay abe hates children i get it i see where this is going <laughs> i literally i literally stopped the movie because i was so annoyed by them that i just was like oh my god I, i'll I, be right back <laughs> I'll, I'll be right back i'm gonna i'm gonna let you guys chill out and then i'll come back to <laughs> hopefully die i'm gonna i'll say this uh, the Wreck movies have my second favorite use of a hammer next to Old Boy. I'll say that. Okay, so <laughs> we're. I'm taking in the visual again. I'm like, oh, there it is. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was sad. <laughs> well, and like, take a, well, I thought Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. There's another hammer use in that movie as well, which is kind of sad when you think about that. If you if you've seen that movie recently, anyway. Um, <laughs> all right, let's let's move on to to Wreck Three then. Kind of wrap this this whole Wreck trilogy up, and we can still talk about the other rec movies as well um so yeah let's do that clara acepta este anillo como señal de mi amor y de mi fidelidad a ti 
gilipollas estás diciendo? So that's some, that should have been some of the trailer for Rec 3 Genesis. And this is a film that um I guess it I guess the it's it's it plays concurrently with Rec 1 and 2. I think that's the best way to I think I don't think it's necessarily a prequel. I think it's just taking place around the same time. And this film takes place at a wedding, a couple's wedding day, and after a wedding takes place at the reception, we find that I forget the uncle's name, so I'm just going to call him Old Uncle Bob, ran into some trouble, and uh, got himself infected, and, well, things go horribly wrong from there, as, again, a quarantine team locks in the guests at this reception, and uh, outbreak occurs, and, you know, <laughs> honeymoon hijinks ensue. I'm going to point out two things right now, which I don't think are too much of a spoiler, but, I mean... I guess if, like, you're really focused on seeing Rec 3 and don't want to be spoiled in any way at all, just kind of skip ahead a few minutes on this podcast. But here I'm going. I'm going to go see it right now. Rec 3 drops the found footage angle and becomes less serious. I'll say those two things. So after about 20 minutes in, we're, like, suddenly we get thrust into the world of, like, a real act, like a, like a, a movie movie and not just, like, a found footage movie. And the tone of the movie is decidedly different from the first, the previous two Rec films. So with that that out of the way, just so we're all straight on that level. With that out of the way, Gerard, what did you think of Rec Three Genesis? Major buzzkill, major major buzzkill. I saw this a few weeks ago, and I wrote a review for it on Why So Blue, and it just you know, so much for it being the perfect trilogy up to this point because there is a fourth one coming. Correct. So it's going to be a quadrilogy, which is supposed but... to be the series finale, I believe. Correct. Yeah, yeah it takes place after the thir- uh, after the second film's uh-huh. events. And I'm actually hoping that that one will, you know, uh, make up for three. Because I did like three and love the gore, love the violence, love the characters, love the actors playing them. Uh, but just the tone, just tone, tone tonality. Uh, it's so incongruent to what came before it, one and two. And not just because they dropped the, the found footage bit and turned it into a real film. But it was like it went from real to like almost like evil dead 2 kind of thing and even though i'm a fan of that it just doesn't fit with what we've seen before mm-hmm. maybe if this was like a solo film that there was no universe before it no rec universe before it it would have worked but it doesn't because you've already set up two films in this consistent fashion that three comes in there and just forgets you know it it just messes it all up and i understand it like you said it's a concurrent you know prequel and I think there's only one nod to like, well, maybe one or two nods yeah. to the to one and two. The first one being that there's a few minutes of actual found footage before it switches over to film, and uh, kind of a revelation more of the origin of these things, where it's ah, instead of you know, it's yeah, you may have to edit it out. There's just you know, ah, there's a supernatural element involved there. One supernatural element, and it's not as you know grand as it you know it's been led up to be it's just you know oh man it's like when you fill up a balloon and you pop it it's just kind of like they i was a balloon they popped me <laughs> just like oh i was such you know buzzkill 
All right, Abe. So clearly, I'm sure you love this movie, but what do you what do you think of it? <laughs> you know, Gerard, you eloquently put uh, your words about this film, and and for the most part, I completely agree. But I just have to say, this movie <laughs> 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 because it's such a terrible movie. I think that they also dropped one of the the directors. I think. The- directors were, were like a team director yeah there was a team of directors for the first two films and only one of them stayed on for this film with the other yeah. remaining like a creative producer or something like that they switched roles i think uh one of the writers directed at this time and the other director that directed the other two he's coming back to direct the fourth one they okay. kind of switched uh all right no bad blood they just uh switch roles yeah i've got hope for the fourth one then. but uh yeah it's just this movie is so I, I think that it's it's incredibly campy to the point where it's just beyond campy um, Gerard, you said it best, which is if it was a standalone film in its own separate universe, I think this movie is actually it's on par with like some of those goofy horror movies that still have a lot of gore in it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, totally. But because it's a part of such a, a good series, and you also said it best too, which is I also thought of like Aliens when you brought that up, which is like the first and second movie are pretty pretty solid. This third one just comes in and it's just like, it's so stupid, and I didn't like anything about it. I didn't like any of the characters. Um, the love story is is ridiculous. Uh, I, there's even a part where they're wearing shields and armor from like the 16th century. <laughs> the ground. I, I and, saw that, and I, when I when that scene came up, I was like, "Oh, sh- this is where they're going with it." So at, from that point on, I was kind of over it, and yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and then you're just like with it, but I mean, there's with that scene. One of his partners gets taken, and then the shield just slides out from underneath the curtain, and he just leaves. <laughs> that's that's how, yeah, if, you know, you can see this movie as, oh, this is actually really funny, this is fun. Yes, it, some, to some degree it is, but to another degree, because it follows up on these two other films, and I marathon these movies, this was such a huge disappointment, and it was such a huge waste of my time. Yeah, um, I didn't, how can I articulate I didn't not hate this love story. I kind of thought their connection was very cool because at that point, after all the chaos ensues, that's the only thing that's driving the film from that point on, where they're trying to find each other again after being separated. I thought that was kind of cool, kind of like uh, almost like their second sight kind of thing. Like they're trying, you know, they've got that mental bond, I guess. I don't know what you would call it. I know he hasn't died yet. Yeah, 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 that sort of thing. But on both ends. So they have to find each other. But of course, that path leads to, you know, zombies. And I didn't like the fact that this time they went from infected, infected people, in air quotes, to actual zombie zombies. They were no longer infected people. And I'm only saying infected, and I'm air quoting here, uh, because you know what they are in part two. I mean, it's you're, they tell you what they are in two. Yeah, right. And three, you already know what they are, but they're not acting like they were in the other films. Total... Not only is the film incongruent, so are the, the zombies and the infected. Because you were led to believe they were this, and in part three, there's something totally different. Yeah. Their motivations are, aren't the same anymore. And uh, also, I don't like how main characters all of a sudden can wield chainsaws and fight like they've been doing it for like you know their whole lives. Yeah. You know, I don't even know how to use a freaking chainsaw, you know? <laughs> I've never used one in my life. And all of a sudden, this petite, you know, hot chick can wield one like, you know... Like, she's freaking Highlander, you know, and just start cutting people to shreds. Okay, uh, let me get into my thoughts on the movie. I didn't hate it. (laughs) I was certainly, 
okay, I'll say this. I went in knowing that it was going to be these things. I knew that it wasn't going to be a found footage movie, and I knew that it was going to drop the serious tone. So going and expecting that, I wasn't as let down. I would say I'm still not... I mean, it still doesn't rank very high for me. I mean, it, it's not great, but it it worked it worked well enough to me as being just a straight zombie movie, even though I would have preferred to see another entry in the Wreck series and not just another entry that happens to have Wreck in the title. I liked I liked the setup just because it's like, all right, here we go. We got the wedding going on. We got these characters. And then, yeah, it just kind of quickly drops that. But what I, I, I did enjoy kind of the early setup where it's very meta about everything. Like it, you have like both a you have like a professional wedding cameraman and like just this guy that's like just filming everything he can. And you have the wedding, the professional like saying things like you got to steady out the camera, man. You can't just be shaking it around like that. So it's like it, it's like it's it's like very aware of the previous movies and the style that they had. It's kind of like almost making fun of that aspect of like, we have this professional photographer here and he's taking complete steady shots of things supposed to shake it around the camera. And you have other little things like the, the silliness of these characters. Once it gets to like the movie, movie, like the movie and you have like, yeah, the bride wielding a chainsaw, like seeing the poster. And it's just like, it seemed like so over the top to me where I just didn't like, I didn't, it didn't make me dislike the movie. It just made me go, well, that's a choice they made, I guess. <laughs> <That's what's happening. laughs> and the bride wore red. Bride wore red, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> uh <Scare>. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I, I had... I had... I had enough fun in, a, in, in terms of, like, watching an average zombie movie play out because I do think there's some creative, like, zombie gore going on. There's some... for Even though it drops the found footage aspect i did think it's quite cinematic in a lot of scenes the way it presents certain sequences like there's an encounter between a character and another character like in the rain and the way that the the zombie character shows up it was like oh that, that's creepy looking like it's just there's like there's cool little shots like that i do think yeah some of the comedy like yeah the whole like dressing in medieval, medieval armor thing is just way over the top and just too that was mean. like monty python Almost Monty Python esque. Yeah, yeah. I saw, I'm like, oh crap, they did that. It was almost like their very mini tribute to Army of Darkness. It seemed like that's what they were going for. Yeah, and yeah. It just... it's just it's too much. It's the same would go with Sponge Sponge John. Um, <laughs> Sponge John yeah, with some royalties with it. Yeah. So I mean, oh yeah, over, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hate the movie. I I had f enough fun with it where I'd be like, all right, let's. That's fine i guess let's just get back to doing our thing so i'm looking for, i'm still looking forward to the next wreck movie but yeah overall I, yeah it did drop the ball for sure but just you gotta take it with a grain of salt i guess as far as Matthew's going. i'm primarily super disappointed with it and just thought it was super absurd because again i marathoned right through these wreck series like back to back to back same day so when i saw this again i was just thinking to myself this is so off the rails maybe i'm biased yeah, bias. That's a that's a legitimate assessment to make. I mean, it's a completely different movie. So. I'm I'm freaking biased. You know, I I loved one and two like just you know as perfect films, and then three was like total letdown because I went in there watching three like I'm gonna love this movie. Like my expectations were so high. Especially, yeah, especially I tried after, not especially. I tried not reading other reviews, you know, because a lot of people had early access to it. And I'm like, nope, don't care. I'm gonna see it. I love the promotional material. The trailers were awesome. You know, the fact that I can watch it without a uh, Without subtitles, works even better for me. You know, I'm I'm more in tuned with it, and I was just severely disappointed. I, I will say there is some things involving shots and mirrors that I liked. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's one of them, and why it doesn't work. Well, yeah. no, actually, uh, 
This thing, this well, thing, yeah, why it doesn't work? It doesn't work. Yeah, this thing, yeah, there's things that don't work about it, but I do like just the idea of them. They tried and failed in my eyes. Or like, that's cool, but you didn't quite nail it with that. But yes, I concur. Any other thoughts on the on the wreck series as a whole before we kind of wrap it up? I guess. Ironically, and I guess I don't know why, but maybe because I'm a completist or just that OCD part of me is, uh-huh. you know, crept out. Uh, I do have it coming from Amazon UK. I imported the Blu-ray. So that should come in Monday or Tuesday. Uh, hopefully it'll have some extra special features that may or may not shed some light on it. A nice but, com- uh, a commentary would be nice. <laughs> or a commentary track. Um, <laughs> and we'll see what happens. Because um, I do like the first two films like a lot. I mean, I went, I imported the Japanese Blu-ray for the, the second film and the Spanish import for the first film. So I'm a dedicated fan, you know. Uh, just final thoughts is overall, you know, I think that they're pretty solid, I guess, different takes on things especially when religion gets involved. But again, I was just super annoyed by some of the characters that it, it kind of took me out of the film. So my rating wouldn't be as great as Aaron and Gerard. That's kind of where I fall on it. All right. So, um, I think I gave it a two when I reviewed it for why so blue. Yeah, you did. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So we can kind of rate these movies, I guess. Yeah. I'd say, I mean, even though Wreck and Wreck 2 are obviously not in theaters at all right now. I mean, they've been out for a while. Wreck 3 is coming. Wreck 3 is currently available like on demand, on video on demand. It is also going to be have a small theatrical release, I believe, like very fairly soon. Same as same as uh, VHS will. But uh, I think it already did. Did it already? Huh. This past weekend. Oh yeah, it's like, in, yeah, it's like super two or three theaters. Okay. Oh, and it's available obviously on Blu-ray in the UK. So if you've got a region free player. Uh, you can go ahead and import that too. Yeah. All right. So with all that said, I guess I mean Wreck and Wreck Two. I think they're just. I mean, those they're just great films to me. So I mean, that'd be a theater if that was available. Um, and Wreck Three is more of a Netflix. It's just because you want to be curious at how where the series is going. That's kind of where my thought is. Me too. Pretty much one and two, perfect. Uh, three, I'll still stick with my two. Mm-hmm. Abe, my two star uh, Netflixes. Netflix. Uh, uh, I'd say Netflix one and two, and then for the third one, I mean, really, it's I don't know, maybe just regular TV. They will revisit this when we come to to Rec Four Apocalypse, and if it like suddenly is like, oh, this makes Rec Three look amazing, it all connects or something. <laughs> if that were the case, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. At, but at this same. point, it better, it better. Is <laughs> as, as long as Mila Jovovich co-stars, we'll see in Rec Three the Apocalypse. But um. <laughs> Uh, let's let's do a little movie callback. Callback, callback, callback. This is where we discuss a couple of films that relate in some way to the main feature of the week. Obviously, all the rec films connect to each other. But any other uh, films in mind? What do you think of the rec films? I guess Aliens. Quarantine. Quarantine, yeah. yeah quarantine and Quarantine 2. Now, Quarantine 2, kind of, that, that's on, like, is that on an airplane? Is that what that one That's does? on an airplane. That's actually, uh, I do give props for the studios going that way because – I don't think when they finished the first quarantine, the Rec 2 had come out yet. So they're like, you know, they just totally went the other way and released it direct to video where they totally changed the story off of the quarantine universe. Mm-hmm. And that one, you know, takes place at an airport on an airplane stranded on the tarmac. Is that is that found footage? Yeah. See, this makes me so. curious about seeing quarantine, too. <laughs> I, I, I'm curious to see it as well. As much as I hate the first quarantine film, I want to see quarantine, too. And those are the only two off the top of my head where I can, you know, they're so similar, you know, to the to the rec films. You brought, or like this quarantine's like remake. You, you brought up Aliens, which I think is quite fitting. Fitting uh, And the second one yeah. uh, to Aliens. Yeah. Right. 
Um, I th- yeah, Dawn of the Dead comes to mind, like the remake of Dawn of the Dead, just because of kind of the, the fast acting zombies that are going on there, and 28 Days Later as well, just because, I mean, there's a basic outbreak aspect to it. And um, for s- certain reasons, The Exorcist comes to mind, and The Thing. I thought The Thing. Original? Or the, the original thing. Just kind of remind, just I got a I got a thing vibe. It some Rec Two gave me a little vibe of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. for me, um, the fact that it's in zombies, like what you had pointed out. So yeah, the twenty eight days later, twenty weeks later, um, outbreak. Uh, for the third one, Resident Evil, because it was so goofy. Hold on, yeah. Quarantine Two is on Netflix. Watch instantly. Adding to queue right now. <laughs> oh wow! I know what I'm doing after I hang up. <laughs> They win. <laughs> and then uh, also for, for Quarantine 3, Doom and Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. has nothing to do with the first two. Okay, also, gotcha. Because <laughs> I'm like, Halloween 3 is the bomb, yo. <laughs> it's That's its own standalone movie, yeah, separate from the from movie. the universe. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it still has, like, that through line, but there's nothing really about it that's good i really hate doom a lot <laughs> he has the, 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 the he has the bfg and he misses at one point in that movie i i can't do it oh god i've got carl urban i have, I have the hd dvd i paid two bucks for it okay <laughs> all right and then as far as rec 3 comparison uh like i go with the evil dead 2 army of darkness yeah with a little dash of uh monty python thrown in there which i shouldn't be even saying monty python should not even be in this universe like whatsoever <laughs> that's like that's one of the more aggravating as you know points of it. it's like no it's just wrong and it makes me angry inside just thinking about it <laughs> it's just so like awkward <laughs> but yeah all right god i'm sweating already because <laughs> <laughs> of the stress over wreck genesis <laughs> jeez <laughs> let's uh let's move on to box office which we could talk about some of the box office totals for the week and uh well, we didn't have any previous predictions for this week because we didn't really care about how much money the words would make. But speaking of the words, um, that movie did make money, I guess. Not enough to be first place, though. First place went back to The Possession again, a movie that I saw last week and said sucked, and it probably still sucks this week. So, you know, there's my thoughts on that. Um, I'll run it. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Uh, the Possession's still in first. But not, this is actually the worst weekend of the of the year in terms of box office, which isn't surprising because this is that time of year for the works box office totals to come up. But, uh, yeah, The Possession... Then Lawless in second, then The Words in third with five million debut. Uh, Expendables two, Born Legacy, uh, Paranorman still making money. Good. Uh, the Odd Life of Timmy the Green, The Campaign, The Dark Knight Rises, and Obama's America. So also uh, just to point out, Raiders of the Lost Ark was released into IMAX this weekend as kind of a hey, the Blu-ray's coming out soon. Why not see it on a big screen kind of dealy? And that went like 14th place, but on t- you know to a on a, a fraction of the rest of the screens, that's pretty significant, I would say. Good for Raiders. Uh, but uh, let's see, moving on. I think um... I don't know, Aaron. I think it might be some time for games. All right, that's that's enough of that. Yeah, um, <laughs> doing some games this weekend, this today. And I got some games. I got I got a new one. Got a new game, Abe. You ready for this? I'm ready. ready? I, I, to be fair, I, I'm I'm pretty down from last week with Mark Johnson just destroying everybody, and particularly me. Yeah, Mark Johnson did dominate last week. But uh, okay, 
Here's a here's a game I have, Gerard. This is a pretty easy one. It's a horror. Mo- I have a new horror movie quiz app on my phone. <laughs> okay. So, so I'm gonna read some questions. They all have multiple choice answers, and just the first to five, I think, is gonna win this game out. So here, here we go. Some of these questions might be harder. Some of these questions might be easier. I only have kind of a preview, so we'll we'll see. I'm just gonna play these play this app by ear. Okay. Okay. Here we go. You guys ready? Yes. Here's the first the first question. Which 2008 film was directed by Eric Vallette? Poltergeist. One Missed Call, Night of the Living Dead, or Paranormal Activity 2? Just shout out the answer if you think you know it. One Missed Call. Yeah. yeah. Let's go with One Missed Call. Let's see if that's right. You're correct, Gerard. Gerard gets uh, the point. Nice. Okay. Okay, so here we go. This is where it gets harder. Which actor played Steve Freeling in the 1986 film Poltergeist 2, The Other Side? Christopher Lloyd, Tom Skerritt, Victor Wong, or Craig T. Nelson? Plays who? I'm sorry. Steve Freeling in Poltergeist 2. Hmm. I'm going to go with Craig T. Nelson. And I'm, I don't know who Steve Freeling is anymore. Gerard? Uh, I haven't, I've never saw that film. So who was the second one? Tom Skerritt. I'll go with Tom Skerritt. All right. I'm going to, let's see. I'm gonna, I'll just choose one. I'm going to choose Craig T. Nelson. That was correct. Abe, hey, you got a point. Okay, it was Craig T. Nelson. So he reprised his role from the first <laughs> Poltergeist. He's <laughs> it is, I knew he was the father in the first one, so I didn't know if he I'm came back. It is like the uncle, like the third one or something. Like that. I haven't seen this. I haven't seen this. I haven't seen the other Poltergeist movies because the first one scares me. So, okay. <laughs> okay, here we go. Oh, this one. Might, okay. Which character did man? This is obscure. Which character did Dana Davis play in the film Prom Night? Donna Keppel, Lila Crane, Lisa Hines, or Tangina Barons? I got. I just narrow. I got. I used the hint button on this app, and so I've narrowed it down to Lila Crane or Lisa Hines. Lisa, Lisa Hines. You're both saying Lisa Hines. Here we go. Let's see. Correct. Wow. Okay. Hey. I guess you both get a point. <laughs> okay. Two apiece. Two apiece. Right. <laughs> Close game, guys. Close game. Here we go. Which 1982 film was directed by Tobe Hooper? Paranormal Activity Two, Poltergeist Two. Poltergeist 3 or Poltergeist? If you know your years, you know this answer. 1982. Uh, Poltergeist, the first one. I'm going to say the first one. It is Poltergeist, and Gerard got that first, so there you go. <laughs> On my app, I've just been promoted to Cannibal Karak Karakasi. So good for me, I guess. Here's more. <laughs> You're all helping me with this app. That's what. That's the best part of this game. <laughs> okay, so it's 3-2, to two, Gerard. Here we go. Which actress played Annie Noby in the 1987 film Evil Dead 2? Jolie Richardson, Sarah Barry, Lorna Raver, or Allie Larder? I know which one. <laughs> I know which one it's not. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say Allie Larder because she's very attractive now. Okay, so Abe doesn't want a point clearly. <laughs> I'll read. Can you repeat that? I'll read the other two sensible ones that will be your option: Sarah Barry or Lorna Raver. Go with Lorna Raver. Okay. Incorrect. It was Sarah Barry. I've just been busted down to Blood Monkey, according oh. to this app. I should turn the sound up higher because this app's hilarious. <laughs> okay, <laughs> here we go. So still 3 2. That's that's the app. Approaching right. sound or something? It was bats flying by, I believe. Okay, yeah. here we go. Stacy Nelkin. These are so obscure. I like how they range. Stacy Nelkin played which character in the 1982 film Halloween 3, Season of the Witch? Oh. <laughs> Christy Cotton, Annie Brackett, Rachel Carruthers, or Ellie Grimbridge? 
Can we use a lifeline? Here we, okay, I'm using one. Hint. I hope you heard that sound. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here we go. Christy Cotton or Ellie Grimbridge? Ellie Grimbridge. First names, yeah. I'm gonna go with Christy Cotton. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Ellie Grimbridge, and we'll see which one's right. It's Ellie Grimbridge. That was correct. Uh, <laughs> I love these sounds. Okay, so Gerard has four. Abe, you have two. All right. I've been promoted back to Cannibal Caracas, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Here's the next one. Okay. Ooh, okay. So one of you might get this quick. We'll see. Which 2004 film was directed by Rennie Harlan? Let me repeat that. Which 2004 film was directed by Deep Blue Sea's Rennie Harlan? <laughs> Evil Dead 2. Final Destination 2, Final Destination, or Exorcist the Beginning? Exorcist the Beginning. Abe? Uh, Destination 2? I don't know. It's Exorcist the Beginning. Good job. That's a that's a win. Gerard, you're our winner this week. Congratulations, Gerard. Sweet. You did it. Awesome. Are you going to give me a note? You, you just put in some kind of crazy horror sound, Abe. He did the match. He did the monster match. The monster match. Or, or like dialogue from Rex saying, "What are you doing?" <laughs> in, 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 in so that's games. We did it. Yeah, <laughs> good job, Gerard. You won. Okay. Cool. So I like this game. Yeah, that was fun actually. I like these movie app games. All right. So let's get to what we're going to talk about next week. Again, we have no idea. Um, we there's a Resident Evil film coming out. I, Abe, Abe and I are not exactly excited for a Resident Evil film. Maybe I'll see it. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Finding Nemo 3D comes out. I don't know if we need to spend a whole episode on Finding Nemo, but we'll see. Or we could do some kind of fall preview episode. Who knows? Probably probably that one. We'll <laughs> I'll try to get some of the other regulars on here and, and talk about some of the movies upcoming this fall. Uh, before we, Since we have a gap between movies we like really want to see again. So we'll get to that. But anyway, we can still predict the box office because we haven't done that in a while. And we'll do it for Resident Evil because there's... Resident Evil movie coming out. There's a lot to base this on. So, I'm just gonna I'm gonna recap what the other ones did previously in their opening weekends. The first Resident Evil movie made 17 million, and they all went up from there. Well, kind of. Uh, Apocalypse made 23, Extinction made 23.6, Afterlife made 26.5. So they all made around 26. They're all 20, 20, 17, between 17 and 26 million dollars is all their opening ranges. So I guess we can have a pretty close race if we all guess fairly close. Is this like the sixth one in the series? It's the fifth one in the series. I believe the subtitle for this one is "Why Do They Keep Going?" But um, <laughs> let's uh, let's predict some box office. Uh, Abe, what do you think Resident Evil is going to do next weekend? I'll say that it comes in third with. You're saying the okay. Let me just recap this. <laughs> it's 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 one of two movies opening next weekend. <laughs> They're gonna go see some other film. I don't know. Abe I'm wants gonna... blues games. I get it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna say third with sixteen million. Third with sixteen million. Okay. Three D upcharge, not a factor for Abe. Gerard, what do you think Resident Evil's gonna do next weekend? I'll keep it consistent. I'll say twenty six point five. All right. Ooh, very precise. I would say that the fourth one did end on somewhat of a cliffhanger, so there might be some kind of audience anticipation there. And I'm gonna say, yeah, given the, I mean. Given the lack of other competition besides Finding Nemo, a movie that's you know been out before already, which will probably make money, but I don't know about securing a first place. I'm going to say first with all. Let's just say a new series high. Let's say I'm going to say 28. I'm just going <laughs> to throw it out there. We'll see. I like your optimism. Uh, we'll see. 
my optimism for a movie I don't care about. Okay, so yeah, okay, we'll see what that uh, we'll see how that amounts to. But uh, for now, that's going to do it this week for Out Now, Out There, and an Abe. You can find more of my work at my personal blog, thecodezeek.com, where you can find all my written reviews, as well as at whysablue.com, where my written reviews are posted there, as well as Blu-ray reviews and other fun stuff from the fine folks there, which includes Gerard. Gerard, where can people find more of your work? Uh, at Why So Blue, uh, Project Blue, and DVDTalk.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Why So Blue, and my personal Twitter at G-I-R-I-B-E. G-I-R-I-B-E. Great. Abe? Uh, you can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash You can, of course, follow me on Twitter also at Aaron's PS3. And you can also find all the other episodes at Out Now, Farron and Abe at iTunes, also on hhwlod.com, the website that hosts a number of shows, and they're happy to include us with them, but they include uh, shows about comics and games and fun stuff with a bunch of cool guys that I like hanging out with. I actually got to recently participate on the Walking Dead TV podcast with uh, to do a commentary for one of the episodes, which is always a lot of fun. Um, you can also find most of the newest episodes of Out Now at outnow.podomatic.com and some exclusives. Also, email us, outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Dion Thompson had a really good question this week. I liked it. I hope to receive more emails that we can have fun, you know, questions and, you know, answers. And, you know, comments and other things are always cool. Uh, Facebook.com slash outnowpodcast. Twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. Always, you know, you can follow those and we'll have all the latest updates and everything else that you want to need from our uh, our show. So, until next time, when we figure out what the hell we're going to do next week, um, I think that's going to do it. Thank you, Gerard, for coming on. Thanks, Gerard. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. For sure. And until next time, so long. And goodbye. Changing this little sorrow. Oh, no! Please don't show me! I'm trying to What if there were? I really want there to be heavy guitarists in the trailer. There you go. <laughs> like, what are the we names? Got... What are the names of Clara? What is, what's the guy's name? Coldo? Coldo? Coldo. Yeah, Coldo with a K. Claire, Clara and Coldo are happily getting married. Do, 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 do. They're having the time of their life. Suddenly, zombie outbreak. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> I gotta find Coldo. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs>